Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Enjoy a tall, cool dude. What is this? What, what are we doing? What in God's name are we doing? What? Our lives. What, what kind of lives are these? We're like children. We're not men. No, we're not. We're not men. It's the nightcap. Are we going to be sitting here when we're 60 like two idiots? We should be having dinner with our sons when we're 60. We're pathetic, you know that? Yeah, like I don't know that I'm pathetic. On WGR Sports Radio 550. So then you asked yourselves, isn't there something more to life? Yes. Yeah, well, let me clue you in on something. There isn't. It's the nightcap. I wasn't supposed to be on tonight. Niagara basketball rescheduled till 8 o'clock. So that means you get a little bit of me. Beautiful, right? Maybe for some, that's a good thing. And maybe for many, that is a unwelcomed surprise. But here I am, whether you like it or not, for the next half hour and change. Niagara basketball versus St. Peter's tonight. That's here on WGR. We'll have pregame at 7.40. And... Tip-off at 8 o'clock. UB basketball also, that's going on right now, over on ESPN 1520. They are number 14 in the country. Going up against Northern Illinois. Every game's a big game for them at this point. If they lose at some point, that's going to be it's going to be killer. In terms of probably seeding. They're really only probably looking at seeding at this point. Um, it seems like they're almost a shoe-in to make the tournament, whether they win the MAC or not. Uh, so, go UB. That's over on ESPN 1520, like I just said. Uh, I'm flying solo tonight. Kyle's actually hopped over. He's producing the UB game. So, uh, here I am, flying solo. It could be said I'm pulling a Ryan Gates, as he, at one point, did this every night for two hours, I think. Just sitting here, looking across the glass into a completely empty room. There's the microphones in there. You can't see them. I'm pointing the, to nobody that uh, that I usually sit in. But I'm in here. I don't know how he did this every night. Can't pick up a call if anybody calls in. Can't really do anything with that. You do have two avenues of communicating with me, though, if you want. That's why technology is a good thing now. That we're capable of doing this solo. Text line at 550-550. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at SneakyJoe. WGR, or you can just get us right on the uh, on the station Twitter at WGR550. Spent a lot of time yesterday talking about the overtime rules and kind of how it played out with the AFC Championship game. That's not really where I wanted to go, to go with the show. Um, I did have some strong feelings on that, and, you know, I, I go with what the people want. We got a lot of calls. Everybody seemed to want to talk about that, so I'm like, all right, we'll do it. But my stronger thoughts in terms of what I really cared about and what happened on Sunday, 
looking at it from an unbiased point of view, because if new if I put the New England factor into it, of course I cared more about what happened in the AFC Championship game, and I think it's dumb that Patrick Mahomes didn't get an opportunity. But looking at it just as a football fan, I was just absolutely disgusted with what happened in the NFC Championship game, as many were, especially those living in New Orleans and those that are Saint fans around the country. There's a billboard up today in Atlanta where the Super Bowl is that says, We Got Robbed, and it's got Saint logos all over the place. I'm assuming some business in New Orleans put that up. You've got a district attorney, I believe, in New Orleans that filed a a civil lawsuit on behalf of Saints season ticket holders saying that they got, basically, they were missing out and not making the Super Bowl. And it was all because of just a brutal officiating mistake. And this has to be mentioned, that it is a part-time employee. And that's my biggest issue with the NFL and its officials. I think maybe they changed this over the last couple off-seasons, that there are a couple of full-time officials, but in large part, it's still part-time guys. And I cannot see why it's a bad argument to just go feet first and say, we recognize that this is bad, and look around at the other positions in the sport, the coaching the management positions, the players especially, quarterback. It's all young guys. It's getting younger and younger and younger. That needs to happen with refereeing too. Full-time, young officials. And then maybe we won't have to have the replay conversation as often as we do. Because that's generally where it goes. It doesn't necessarily go to make the refs better We've most people, it seems, have just kind of they're sitting on their hands and they've just welcomed or assumed that it's never going to get better. Like this is just a, what officiating is, and you just have to live with it. You shouldn't have to just live with it, in my opinion. It's a problem, and when there you have a problem in a billion-dollar business or sport, both in this case. Just throwing your hands up in the air and saying, oh, that's the way it is. got to live with it. That's not good enough to me. You need to find some way to make things better. You need to be bold. You need to try different things rather than just trot it out every week, every week. Scott just texts in, all football fans got robbed of seeing Breeze versus Brady. That no call was borderline suspect in my opinion. It's hard to live with. I think the, the no call is absolutely blatant. So I'll disagree with you there. But I do agree with you. Football fans got robbed of Breeze versus Brady. Who deserved to be in the Super Bowl? It's the New Orleans Saints. I know they were up 13-0, and they blew that, and they were at home. They had a lot of advantages. But they did enough to win the game. They did enough to win the game. They drove down into field goal range. They were going to get the first down, barring a major mistake by an official. And then they could have sat on the ball and they could have kicked it and they would have been like 99%. 99% to win that game. And they were not afforded that opportunity. So now we don't get Breeze versus Brady. We don't. So what do you do? You have to take some sort of step. I'd like to see lots of young, full-time officials. They certainly have the money to do it. 
Give it a shot. Because trotting the Walt Coleman's of the world out here once again in important football games. Not that Walt Coleman's doing the Super Bowl or anything. It's just, you can't have that. Because if you're going to keep going the way you're going, then you need replay. And you need to expand it. Because if the officiating is not going to get better, then you need to start taking power away from them. And ultimately, I would want to think that that's where sports will get to someday. In like a hundred years or whatever, when flying saucers is the way of transportation. Get to a, we'll get to a point, I think, one day, maybe, where it's just like, it's, it's like the video games. It's like Madden. There's no missed calls in Madden anymore. You want to know why? Because now there's money on the line. They have those tournaments all the time. They're televised. The Dallas Cowboys, lots of teams. They have their own, like, gamer teams. I'm definitely not using the right terminology there, but you know what I mean. They have teams of guys who play Madden in tournaments for money. So you know what EA Sports did and you know what all those video game manufacturers did? They took the human error out of it in terms of the stuff that shouldn't be controlling what wins and loses a game. There's basically no referees in Madden anymore because it's all automated. Maybe you've seen on Twitter today, if you're on Twitter, they've got the same exact play. They, they, they drew it up the exact same way of basically a replica of the play that should have been called pass interference on Sunday. And what happened? Automatic. Every time, it's a pass interference in the game. Because that's automated automated officiating. And I know it's not a realistic thing to look at right now. Can't have that. Like The amount of money and technology that would probably be needed to essentially... I don't even know what would have to be done. You'd have to make the entire game... like You'd have to scan the field from something up top. I don't, I don't even know. And then some computer would have to decide what's a penalty and what's not. We're, we are not ready for that. As football fans, as, as anybody, we are not ready for something like that. 100 years out, that could happen, though. I, I'm, I don't doubt it. But you need to make some sort of step kind of along those lines. Not nearly as outrageous as that that I just spit out of my mouth. But starting to take a little bit of the power from the zebras away and putting it into the hands of somebody really, to me, that's up top. Because if you're not going to do my first idea, which is young full-time officials, you got to have somebody up top. We're all watching these games from a TV point of view on the sidelines. You probably wouldn't need as many officials in the first place. Think about how many guys are on the field. What is there, like seven, eight officials? Whether we're counting line judges or not. You need a lot of different eyeballs to see a lot of different things, and that stuff can be missed. It's not missed nearly as much, I feel like. Like, this is just, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know this. But I feel like we have a better kind of vantage point. And the guys in New York certainly have a better vantage point when they do instant replay. So really the path, to me, to doing all of this is, yes, I think to expand replay. And two, to take some of the power that the refs have and put a little bit more of it. Somebody in the stadium, it doesn't just somebody that can make a quick decision, bird's eye point of view. That should not be an impossible task. It should not be. 
Just have a guy up there with 10 TVs. I don't, I don't even care. A couple guys. It doesn't have to be one person. Get your eyeballs to better points of view. It's all you're doing. Whether they're on the field or whether they're in the booth. Does, should it matter? Whatever is going to get me to a quick, correct decision. It's a tough comparison to make with tennis. I'm going to try to make it here for a second. It's been, it's been attempted. Tennis has the, is it the Hawkeye system? I believe it is. They, they, they essentially can look within seconds down to a, to a pinpoint accuracy look on whether a ball is in or not. Like they can just they can zoom in like a thousand times to see whether the ball was on the line or out or whatever. The NFL makes a lot of money. You're telling me you cannot start the path to trying to come up with something like that? You don't have to have it right now. But start looking into it. Because at some point I would hope that the days of Championship appearances, legacy, Super Bowl appearances. It's the same thing as championship appearances. I just realized I said that twice. But legacy especially. When that stuff is being changed, then to me, just sitting there and continuing to spit out the same line that it's a tough job for officials, it's not enough. It's not enough to me. I think that you you need some forward thinking in this point in this in this topic in the NFL. I think you need some because I, I I I hate watching it. I hate watching the replay, but it I'd rather watch an extra ten minutes of replay a game, especially football. Like it's Sundays. Like we we already we already commit the whole day to Sundays to football. And same thing on like the Super Bowl and Monday Night Football. Like, if you're sitting down to watch a football game, it's not like baseball. Baseball's got a timing issue because there's no action. You can go hours without action in baseball. Football, you're not going to get that. Whether you take a couple minute break every once in a while to me is not going to drastically affect of the quality of the game. I'd rather spend 10 minutes total in a game making sure that important calls go the right way than spending hours and hours and hours and hours in the days following arguing about new systems and debating calls. Because we know we spend more time doing that than they would looking at the play and getting it right during the game. 8030550 is the phone number. I'm going to take a break in a second so I can take your calls during that. Because like I said, I'm flying solo tonight. we got about 20 minutes until Niagara-St. Peter's pregame here on WGR. A little college hoops action for you tonight on our air- airwaves. It's the Nightcap, Jody Biasi here on WGR. We'll be coming back a little bit early. Uh, we'd like to energize, re-energize too, and come back, uh, you know, with the fresh slate here and, and get our guys energized. And, and we, you know, we start out in Columbus, a, a team that's going to be tough to play against. Sabres head coach Phil Housley. Sabres have one week until their next action in Columbus. 
Little Zach Brown band here. I, I gotta start preparing for the song draft. I've already prepared a little bit. We got till Friday. During Shopin' the Bulldog, we're gonna draft songs. New entry, DJ Anthony from Kiss98.5 will be one of the draftees. Or the drafters, I should say. So I'm looking forward to that. This is my first experience in a WGR draft. So I'm the rookie. I don't think experience will matter, though. I'm going to be going for a well-balanced board. Maybe with Zach Brown Band there. That wouldn't be the song I think I'd pick. But I am, I'm prepared to pick some country. I don't know how much, uh, how much competition I'm going to have there. I feel like that for a lot of the stuff I might end up going. If I do rap, I don't feel like I'm going to have any competition. If I do country, I don't think I'm going to have much competition. So really, if I just go like classic rock... If I get the picks I want out of the way early, I basically get the draft I want. So I feel very confident going into Friday. Uh, that was the Sabres head coach. Um, the Sabres sit four points out of a, of a playoff spot. Yep, that's right. Four points behind Pittsburgh, five behind Montreal. And hopefully that gap does not grow while they're off. It hasn't yet, but there's really only been a couple games, so we'll see. I was worried when they went into it. That's why I really wanted that win in Vancouver. Don't want to see them being six, eight, ten points out. By the time you're back, and as it stands, they are still at four. Uh, there are a couple games that do impact the Sabres' playoff race uh, tonight. Capitals are tied at one with the Sharks. Sabres are five points behind the Caps, and they're on a five-game losing streak. They are not playing well right now. And then you've got the Islanders hosting or at the Blackhawks. I don't even know if we have to worry about the Islanders anymore. They're eight points up. They're on fire. Like, they actually might be really good. Plus 26 goal differential is... The best in that division, third best in the East. I, I think, I, I thought at first that it was going to be up to three teams for two spots, Sabres, Islanders, and Canadians, and I think the Islanders got one. So I, I, I really think if the Sabres are going to make the playoffs, Montreal is going to be their ticket. they got to get in over them. Uh, Carolina also plays tonight. They are three points behind the Sabres. Uh, they are in Edmonton. That's a 9 o'clock puck drop. That's actually national TV, so for once... You get to watch a little Connor McDavid. I know it doesn't happen too often. Let's get to the Bills. Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott, they both spoke at the Senior Bowl today. We haven't heard from them in a while, especially Bean. So I'm going to give you the opportunity, if you didn't hear it, to listen to that right now. Don't forget Niagara basketball pregame just about 10 minutes away. Here is Brandon Bean at the Senior Bowl earlier today. It's better. Uh, that's a stressful thing to do and go through. And just the uncertainty... You know, last year we were sitting here at 21 and 22, and you're going, man, there's some good guys out there, but how do you, how do you get up in the top 10, and, and how far do you have to go? So it's nice to – it's weird. This year we're in the top 10, and we don't need to be. It's funny how it all works out, but uh, it's nice to be able to focus a little more of our energy on all the positions. Six of your – six guys who played in this game that were rookies for you last year, was coincidence, or is it part of a bigger philosophy for you? I think it's coincidence, but um, I do think you find guys that have been through their senior year. Maybe they weren't always touted as the five-star recruit, the blue-chip player, um, a guy who is more mature than sometimes underclassmen may be. So um, I do think there's something to you know to that. You know, Sean and I are very thorough on on being you know smart, mature, culture, all those things. And I think you find that some some guys find out who they are later in their career than maybe they were uh, when they first got to whatever school they were at. As far as uh, addressing areas that 
we presume you're going to be addressing. Um, one of the things Jim Nagy was saying was that oh, the league, people around the league he talked to thinks the O-line group here is pretty strong. What, what's your overall view of, of this O-line group on the two teams? Yeah, I think um, on the film there are some guys that are intriguing um, measurables, you know, you, you're looking for prototype guys that fit size, length, and all that. And then that's what this week's great about. And we've got uh, our new outline coach down here, uh, and Dave Ball. And so uh, those guys started that last night, and we're going to get to meet some of the O-linemen tonight. So that'll be the next step uh, is getting to meet some of these guys and learn what, you know, what ball they've been around, what, what do they understand, and where, they're at, where are they at uh, from you know what would have been asked of them at their school or whatever scheme they've been in. Obviously, a lot of these schemes are different than, than the NFL, but uh, if they can learn, that's the biggest question you got to answer. What are some characteristics you look for from players on off or on the field here? You know, when they're interacting with teammates during an event like this. Yeah, I think uh, you want to see the guys that are. It's not all about themselves. You know, they're good team guys, and um, you know, especially you know, what's their leadership like and. So we, you know, we'll try to rotate who's down on the field. Most of us are in the stands. You get a couple passes, but we'll definitely try and pay attention to that. And then you also watch these guys in the hotel uh, when they're not watching you. You know, keep an eye. We have all our scouts taking notes, not, you know, not just on what happens on the field, but do you see any guy, anybody acting out of character or anything that would be a red flag that we need to be concerned about? Some years, like 15 of the top 20 picks are underclassmen, and you know, this year it might. Something like that. I mean, do you? Has it changed that you're like it used to be? Teams would start from ground zero on underclassmen almost in January, but I mean now it's been 15 years where it's yeah. it's not. You know, the underclassmen have shoot up the boards. So is it different? You know, like are you? Even though they're not here, are you down the road with your evaluations of underclassmen these days? I think this definitely advanced, and then. It also depends on what school he's coming from. Some schools are more open with about talking about underclassmen. Some schools just will not do it until they have declared. So if it's a school uh, that's very, you know, you go into an Alabama or somewhere like that, they're pretty open about right. where they are, and, and some others are not. So uh, we're ahead of the game on some schools, and others we we got a lot of work left to do. Uh, edge, edge rushing was another area that um, was, again, Nagy was talking about as being uh, – sufficient at least or he thought you know, with the invites they had is that what was your feel for what's your feel for? yeah I think there's some guys uh, I do and and then obviously there's some guys that are underclassmen as well that, that aren't here but no I think there's some good talent in this game uh, I thought there was some last year and uh, you know we just watched one practice so uh, we'll see what the you know what the next group has but I do think there's some guys similar to what Nagy said uh, about the O-line you know with with rushers you know as well at your end of season press conference about not drafting for need how much patience does that require sometimes when you know a lot of people might be expecting offense but there's also a ton of good defensive players at the top of this draft yeah you you know I, I'm I'm always gonna be emphatic about that and I know you know people say well last year you needed a quarterback and you drafted one well my answer to that would be we didn't draft him at 21 we moved up to where we thought we had to get to do that if we had stayed at 21 and just taken, you know, whatever quarterback was left, then that would have been drafted for need. So uh, we're at nine, and we're going to take the best player, uh, offense or defense, and you know, we'll continue to do that rounds two, three, and beyond. Is it safe to say you could afford to add defense? It's not like that 
is something you don't need to address. Yeah, and I don't know that there will ever be a year where I can sit here and say one side of the ball we don't need. You know, with free agency and, and injuries and things like that, you can always, you know, almost always upgrade your talent on either side, and that's why I think it's always important. You know, you say, well, you didn't need this position. Well, one, you're one injury away or something happening, or maybe this guy's got one year left on a contract and you want to draft a good player so that you can let that guy walk and not, not have to pay him. 10, 15 million, whatever it is. Brandon, free agency comes before the draft, obviously. Your pro staff, I presume, has a pretty good list of already of positions where you want to go after before the draft. Does anything happen in the scouting of the young college kids between now and the combine and the start of free agency that maybe changes your plan, or do you pretty much go with what you know now? Well, I do think we look at the depth of the draft. So if you're deep, uh, let's say, you know, O-line is a very, we think it's deep in the draft, then maybe we go, we're going to have a chance in the first few rounds to, to draft, you know, a good O-lineman uh, so we don't have to be as aggressive in free agency. Whereas maybe if we felt we needed a corner and we didn't think there was any in the draft and we get, you know what, we got to be a little more aggressive. So that's kind of our thought is let's pay attention to what, you know, where the depth of the draft draft is also, the depth of free agency, where that is, and you know, try and make your best decisions. With the cap room you have this year, is that almost more exciting? The free agency beginning compared to the draft this year, compared to last? Uh, I, I like the draft the best. Uh, you know, you control it. You, you know, you're not you're not fighting for anyone. You're you're right there. You're at pick nine, and you get to take who you think is the best player available. Free agency, you can think you got a guy, and he's halfway in the boat. And then somebody else trumps you, or you know, takes the value. So uh, there's a lot of moving pieces with free agents, and so that's the harder one. Uh, I like when free agency's done, and you can also just focus on the draft. Brandon, you made a concerted effort to get a lot of young guys time on the field, especially in the second half of the season. How do you weigh whether or not they factor in to the future plans with such a small sample size? Yeah, I mean, um, we. You know, it gave us some, you know, starting with Wyatt and some of those guys that we got in starting the Jets game. And from there on, we tried to, you know, even Ike got in, you know, some reps. And, um, you know, different guys, Levi Wallace played, you know, well for us late in the year. And, and Robert Foster, obviously. So those guys, you know, nothing's given. It's earned. But we do have a better feel for what they can do. You know, sometimes you don't know how guys will react to playing live varsity snaps. You know, the preseason is one thing. The regular season is another, so uh, it does help, but it doesn't. It doesn't answer all our questions. We'll continue to br- to try and bring, you know, competition at, at all those spots. Still, there is the Bills general manager Brandon Bean. You can hear Sean McDermott's comments on demand at WGR550.com. Thanks everybody for listening to this little impromptu show with me flying solo here for about a half hour. I'll be back for a full show for the rest of the week. No Sabers, so I'm on for two hours Wednesday, Thursday. And Friday, tomorrow, I really want to dive in to some Sabre trade options. Andre Burakovsky's a name whose name's been out there today uh, for the Capitals. We'll talk about him and others tomorrow. College Hoops tonight on WGR. Niagara hosting St. Peter's. Coverage starts next. Stay tuned here on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.